Everyone and welcome to episode nine of Frame Skip, the video game podcast where we get together and talk about everything that's happening and what we're playing and all that random stuff. I am one of your co-hosts, Austin Eller. I'm joined tonight, as always, by my three best friends in the world. First up, we have Seth Slykehouse, the keeper of the role. How are you What's doing, up, Seth? Buddy? I am. Uh, I'm the host that boasts the most, and I'm re- I'm here to uh, drop some knowledge on you fools. Nice. Uh, what kind of knowledge are we talking about? Pretty much anything. Okay. Okay. What's 30 times 96? 192. Okay. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, <laughs> speaking of math, uh, Coach Kyle Newman, what's up? Nothing much. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. School's done. I'm a college graduate, officially. Congratulations. So, thank you. Um, all right now we can start paying back some of that debt yeah i can't wait can't wait to get a full-time job maybe once the pandemic is over but we'll see dude the first time i got my bill payment for my college loans i was like like, i'm (laughs) I'm not paying that (laughs) i just tossed it aside yeah yeah well that's that's how you get the irs after you but um or your your loans just get your, your wages just get uh garnished yeah yeah. Uh, lastly, we have the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. What's up, Elijah? Nothing too much. How about yourself? You know, same same thing I just mentioned about 30 right. seconds ago, but I'm doing pretty That's good. That's fair. That's fair. Keep it together, <laughs> Elijah? Sorry. The G Fuel is just going through my mind. I've drank too much today to stay awake. Literally, like, so bad for you. What flavors of G Fuel are you drinking today, Elijah? This morning, I had some Nemesis tea. And mm-hmm. right now I'm having sour cherry. No, listen, I refuse to buy this because here's the thing. They made energy drink and targeted it towards gamers. And they're selling it just because of that. Hey, man. I mean, I drank it at PAX for the first time. And I was like, oh, this exactly. is really good. See? But but now I know you love Resident Evil and you bought the Nemesis one, didn't you? I did. Yeah. See, here we hey, go. Hey, they got good. you. They Kinda got like, you. Pa- Kind of like. Does uh, it taste like flesh? No, it tastes <laughs> almost like. Uh, reminds me of McDonald's sweet tea, but not as sweet. They 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 made a marketing tactic, and they gotcha. Is how I view that. I also got the uh, black on blackberry with Doctor Disrespect on it. So, question because you brought it up, McDonald's sweet tea, way too sweet. Up oh, no, okay. So I I just wanted to confirm because down here it literally tastes like you're drinking just pure sugar. sugar. Yes. Yeah. It tastes like. Okay. I I used to love it, and then one day I took a drink. I'm like, huh, this is actually terrible. It is forty percent pure sugar. Yeah. I mean, it's like diabetes in a cup, yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I just wanted to confirm that yeah, was no. the the same situation up there. I I purely <laughs> get unsweetened tea from Wal- or McDonald's now. I almost said Walmart. There is a McDonald's at Walmart, so works oh, out. Oh man. Yeah, I remember ours used to have one, but that's that's off topic. What, may, um, what Walmart has a McDonald's for you? Actually, you know what? It used to be McDonald's. It's now a Subway. Eating fresh? Now, see, here's the thing with Subway. All their subs taste exactly the same. It's their bread. Their bread tastes exactly the same, and it's so strong and chemical-filled that you can just taste it. If someone beat the crap out of me and threw a blindfold on, not that they could, but they then <laughs> threw a blindfold on and forced me to eat a sandwich and they said where's that sandwich from 100 percent of the time i could say subway it has such a recognizable taste that's just crap it's you know i used to love subway but i don't i don't know if something's changed or if it's just because i've gotten older but it's so bland it yeah. is so bland you grew up and you said i i deserve better than this you had some self-respect i i don't mind subway but at no point would someone be like yo let's get subs to you tonight what do you want i want subway no, Here at yeah, Frame Skip, yeah. we do not endorse Subway. Go do have some self-respect and do something better for yourself. I will say, I will say, Sheets, their sandwiches, pretty good. Well, hey, hold up. Where'd pretty you go to Sheets at? With you. First time I went up to, to PA. As to Sheets ritual. with you. As to bring ritual, things back to the beginning, the only convenience store in the country that sells G Fuel is Sheets. <laughs> and I'm never going to buy it. I'm never doing it. I'm never Doesn't buying matter. it. They're not around here. I've checked every every sheet. I feel the same <laughs> way about sheets as I do about cosplay girls because they were just models who found an opportunity to make money on nerds and I'm not doing it. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, moving I'm on. Not bu- I'm not buying your OnlyFans. The sheets have an OnlyFans. <laughs> Yo. It would surprise me. Their social I, media is on point. I, I love that idea. And it's just all different kinds of like food buns. Yeah. It's just pictures um, of their food. <laughs> sheets recently got into the curly fry game. And they mm. now have curly fries. And you can buy them by the bucket. And they taste just like Arby's curly fries. So I've been really enjoying that. Arby's, honestly, I haven't been there in years. But very underrated solely because of their fries, I think. Who is keeping them in business? Who's keeping them in business? Elijah, is that you? <laughs> Literally what I had for supper tonight. <laughs> Elijah's keeping Arby's in business by himself, holding the company up. You know, I would say that, but this was the first time in like two months. Whatever toothpick Arby's and Long John Silver's are standing on, it's Elijah. Oh, God. Yo. The last time I went to Long John Silver's, I wanted to just throw up. I really do not like Long John oh, Silver's. I love Long John Silver's. <laughs> they got some good tendies in Long John Silver's. They oh. do have very good tendies. Okay, well, getting back to, to the real world... Um, as I say right now, um, getting back into that G fuel gamer drink, uh, let's talk about some games. So coach, what games you've been playing this week, man? You could just go ahead and pass on me, man. I I haven't had time to play anything this last week. Oh, okay. Playing the game of life. I see. Yeah. That was my least favorite board game as a kid. Yo, I loved life. (laughs) Great game. Always sucked at it. Always got the bad end of the stick. Yeah, still love Elijah. It. What have you been playing? Uh, there are really only three things that I've been playing, and that's you know box VR. Don't have really much to say. Playing it pretty much every day. Then Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm getting very close to that platinum. Just have a few more trophies left. Last night I did the pull up challenge, which is the trophy that everyone is saying is easily the hardest trophy in the game, and considering. It took me about three hours in order to beat this pull-up challenge, which, to give you an idea, the pull-up challenge lasts about a minute total. Why is it so hard? I crushed that. Did you crush it on pro? I don't know. Wow, got him. The, hard, the hardest the hardest difficulty <laughs> I was at available to. I thought it was really easy. Because uh, the first one is with a character I don't want to mention because it is a new character, just in case. Um, but like it's a new character you meet earlier and then you beat that person and then someone else goes, all right, well, if you feel like challenging someone else, which you do that to get amateur and then Jules who runs the gym is like, all right, now challenge me. And Jules was a pain in the butt. Really? Cause no, no, no. It was a squat challenge that I beat all of them. Oh yeah. Squat was super easy. So what kind of like mini game type thing is this? Is it like you just mash a button or um, like what? It's a rhythm game. Yeah. It, okay. It's pretty much a rhythm game. See, the squat one is easier because it's literally like triangle, circle, X, square, triangle, circle, X, square. And it's like that for every time, every difficulty. Mm -hmm. And it's just the better you do, the faster it goes. So you can do more and you just have to keep rhythm. But the the more times you hit it in a row, the the prompts fade off the screen. So then it's a matter of you needing to time it and or look at what your character's position is to know when to change. Mm -hmm. With the pull-up challenge, it will usually be like, triangle circle square x triangle so like that but it changes every time it will never be the same the next time and it fades and it'll fade oh it's so it's it still fades yes yeah oh wow that's rough i don't i didn't think it was that hard i don't think i don't i mean even with the pull-ups i did the first one and the pull-up was just across it was triangle x square circle triangle x square circle I just, and once you once you figure out how fast to hit it, yeah, it, it's it like the the lower two, even like amateur, is super easy. But once you get to pro, you can't make a single mistake. So you I, need I see, to like, be I have, on top of it. I have zero interest in platinuming uh, Final Fantasy VII because I, I, as you guys may not know, I now have two platinums. I went for them. I got the Final Fantasy XV platinum and the Great Spider-Man platinum. platinum. Made me hate both those games after I was done with them. Really? Yeah, I did not. I did not. I, I realized that. You, I've tried to become a trophy hunter, and I do not want that in my life because it makes me hate games. Interesting. I've kind of given up on it. I, I mean, I, you know, when I used to play games more in general, I was all about it. Um, but yeah, I, I know at least with Spider-Man, there's like so many collectibles and stuff you have to get. See, but... one of the big problems with Spider-Man is there's you need to complete like complete each section of the city, and one of them is to do five of each kind of 
crying. Oh yeah, and they're random. Yeah. Now, the further you go, it's ra- more random. So like, if you're at the first part of the game where there's only the one type of crime, it's super easy. And then you go on to like the second part, and then there's a brand new kind of crime. That crime is the only one that shows up. But if you get like to the last chapter of the game, then it all becomes random. There are like five different kinds of crimes that will happen, and it's random. Yeah, so you're you're better off if you're trying to go for the plot and getting it as you go through the game. Exactly, but, which I didn't know until the end. Yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't have that much of a problem with it. What I had a problem with what that got really annoying to me was going back through and getting all the stars. Oh, uh, like on the missions? You don't have to get all of them, but you have to get a bunch of them, and I can't remember exactly. It's been a long time since I did it, but I feel like, like I had a pretty easy time with the stars. I I just got it's not that they were that hard. I got really burnt out. I think you got to do like you there, there's 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 some kinds. there's some sort of like star challenge trophy or something like yeah. that. I forget what it is, but I got mm. really burnt out, and I was just like, uh, was it the I'm one with done. the taskmaster? It may have been. I don't remember. I remember. I just remember that there was a certain amount of stars you needed to complete to get yeah, a trophy like at, at some point, and it was just really, really like I got burnt out, and that, that's how I feel with Final Fantasy 15 too. I just get burnt out trying to grind for those because like Final Fantasy in Final Fantasy 15 wouldn't be that bad, except when you start a new game plus, it erases your progress for the some of the trophies. So when oh, I went really? back, when I went when I went back. I had to start the side quest trophy, the, the tapestry trophy, all over again. Oh, so I had, I had to go through all eighty side quests, Oof. even on my on my old on my old thing. And that's a lot of side quests. I, I didn't do New Game Plus. I just did everything on one playthrough, so I didn't even know about. Well, that. so yeah, so like so like I decided I didn't. I decided I wanted to get the platinum after I had tried New Game Plus, mm. uh, okay. and it it erased that progress on my old save because it, it it pretty much reset it reset my maps and it reset my side quest data. So I had to even even though it was still my old save, it they didn't have them anymore. I had to go back through and do them again. Bringing things back around again <laughs> somehow, Yuri Lowenthal, who does the voice of Spider Man, I uh, found out does the voice of Johnny in Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that was fun. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a uh, lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, you know what? I just realized there was a character in Final Fantasy VII Remake that never got a conclusion. Yeah, I think I know exactly who you're talking about because that was my thought too. At the end, I'm like, why did we not see this character again? Because so, he literally says, "I'll see you again," and then when yes, you're, you're, uh, it it like it is pretty much confirmed by the voice actor saying, "I can't talk about anything, guys." That he is for sure a part of the next one, but well, he has to. He better be. <laughs> we didn't see that. We saw that character in chapter three, and there are eighteen chapters. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I thought the same thing. But the only other game I've been playing is I started Deadly Premonition finally. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to play it for a while, and with the announcement of the release date for the second one, uh, I'm a big Sweary 65 fan. Um, and so I started this game. This game is super good. I love it. Uh, I even found a tie-in to another one of his games that I absolutely adore. The one character in Deadly Premonition has the initials FK. Like you just like they just get called by the name FK in JJ uh, Macfield and the Island of Memories. FK is the name of her stuffed animal that comes to life. I've never played that game, uh, Deadly Premonition, but I I was always kind of curious about it. Um, it looked it's a cult classic because it's so bad. I'm absolutely loving it. Like it is so good. I, like I, it because it's bad. It's one of those. I, de- I decided I am only going to stream it, which kind of makes me sad because, like, tonight after the podcast, I'd be like, I, I want to play some Deadly Premonition. So the second one is like Switch exclusive or something, Switch isn't exclusive. it? Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. It really uh, is, especially because, you know, Nintendo. Yeah, that doesn't really feel like a game that would be. Switch yeah. exclusive. I but... don't know if I agree anymore. I think yeah, anymore. Five, five, really. five years, five years ago, I would have agreed, but nowadays, I don't know if I agree. That's with That's true. I guess like Bayonetta two was Switch yeah. exclusive, and that was like kind of strange at the time. Because let's not forget that now, 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 Sony is the censorship machine. It's true. Nintendo. Very Nintendo, true. Nintendo's yeah. been. You can put all kinds of butts you want on, on the old the old Switch, and no one cares. But on Sony, they're like, hey. But uh, I'm not. I'm not super far into it, so I don't have a lot to say. But the last thing is uh, I won a $50 eShop gift card off Twitter, and I used it 
I am now the owner of Fatal Frame 5 for Wii U, and I'm super excited. Have they made nice. five of those games? Yeah. Yep. Only four of them came out over here. I feel like they only needed two. And two spinoffs came out over here. Oh, wait, really? Yes. For what? Uh, One is the... Th- uh, actually, both are 3DS. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The the camera thing. Yeah, spirit camera. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I don't think I realized that was a Fatal Frame spinoff. Yes, that, that is a Fatal Frame spinoff. Spirit huh. camera, the cursed memoir. Yeah. I think it's so funny. There, Fatal Frame was censored in the West. There was like a whole bunch of like outfits, like skimpy outfits you could put that girl in. Did you guys know this? And like some of them know. are like 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 micro yeah. bikinis and like made costumes and stuff like that. And they completely cut them out in in the West. I hate I, stuff like that. I also man. know they straight up like changed the character a little bit in the West. Like, yeah, she didn't even look the same. Yeah. And Japanese horror is scary. Like it's yeah, so much scarier because American horror now is so. You, you know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. I mean, you know what's gonna happen. You know when the next jump scare is, but. Um, yeah, that Japanese stuff, man, that is scary. That those they make to me they make the best horror movies. I, I really mean, liked the uh, first two Grudge movies that we got, and the new one is absolutely awful. I thought the new one was terrible. Oh, no doubt. I mean, my absolute favorite horror movies are the I series. I I love those, and then they made an American version with one of my favorite actresses. I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> It's really, think, really bad, actually. I think the most recent one I've seen was uh, the original Japanese ring. Like, I had never seen the the remake, but the original one that was only in Japan. I didn't know that was Japanese. Yeah, the one that yeah. we got here was not the original. It was a yep. remake of a and Japanese actually, one. Actually, a lot of people don't know. Do you know the movie Quarantine? It's like the... It sounds familiar. It's the, like... Oh, where they're stuck in the camera, where they're stuck in the apartment building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a remake of a Chinese horror movie. (laughs) I had no idea. Surprise! Just found that out like a few months ago. So when I was still active duty, I was in Fort Hood. I went up to visit um, family one weekend, and so my cousin's like, "Hey, let's go watch this one movie." And so we went, and it was it was a Japanese horror movie, and it was Juwan, which is. is that one the grudge? Yes. Okay. Yep. But it didn't have Sarah Michelle Geller. No. It's the original Japanese one. Yeah, but yeah. I want to say the American version, didn't they? Because everybody is Japanese except for her in, yes. in the American version. I think so, actually a number of the actors in the American version were the actors in the original one. I yeah. believe. Don't quote me Interesting. on that. I thought it was actually like a sequel. Is it like technically a sequel to The Grudge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not necessarily a remake, right? It's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I I've There's never a seen sequel, any of them. and then there was a reboot or something like that. I don't know because I have them. I have both the uh, one and two, the English version and the Japanese version. Yeah, there was there was Junon, but I think The Grudge One was actually a sequel to Junon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to see images. Which is like strange because they're they're completely different territory movies, but whatever. Interesting. Anyway, uh, back to games though. Yep. Uh, Seth, what about you, man? What have I been playing? Well, let me tell you what. I I almost called you Watson. Thanks. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I mean, hey, he's the only person I talk to on a day-to-day basis now, so. Um, Oh, uh, I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake, as I stated earlier. Had a, had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was great. Can't wait to play it again when I'm not depressed. Um, and I started playing... Oh, I built my new PC, so I've been playing a little bit nice. PC games. It's really nice. There's about maybe a little too many LEDs in it. Um, what are your specs? I'm rocking a 5700 XT with a graphics card and mm. a 3700 uh, X. Oh, nice. uh, AMD processor. I, I wanted to go. I, like I wanted to go full. Um, I, I didn't want any N- Intel or NVIDIA because I wanted to tinker with it a little bit. I wanted. I'm I wanted a little more. I wanted a little more tinkering room because I, I mean. Also, by the way, um, I didn't know this. AMD is now the recommended processor for gaming, unless you go i nine ninety seven hundred. The thing is, Intel has gotten extremely lazy. Yeah. Um, and if you look at any of their new processors, like people just complain and complain because they're not like they're not really advancing anything. Like they're not doing anything like, yeah, kind of new and innovative. Whereas AMD is actually like 
bypassing Intel. Like their next, their new chips that come out this fall are what are they like seven nanometer chips or something? Seven millimeter yeah. chips. I don't I don't remember the term, but I just know that it's basically more power in a smaller space. And um that's like a major like technical advancement that like Intel hasn't even it's so funny, dude, because like, uh, of course, I was really into PC gaming, um, like maybe like a decade ago, and I kind of fell off after I built my PC because it was a PC that I didn't want to build. I built an NVIDIA Intel build, and I didn't really want that, but I took everyone's yeah. advice and tried it and just put as much money into it as possible. I never really liked it. So after that, I kind of fell out, and I haven't really kept up with any of the news or anything since. But there's been st- like I had no idea that AMD had surpassed Intel when it came to gaming, unless mm-hmm. you get the top Intel processor. Um, but I also didn't know that uh, solid states were now M2s. And yep. I was like, I was like, what the heck is an M2? I had no idea. It's so funny because I was always on top of this stuff. And then um, I, had, I had to relearn a whole bunch. But my computer's really sweet. It's really powerful. I got the, one, nice. of the, one of the best cases you can possibly get for it. Um, the Lee and Lee case, which is really nice. Um, did you do uh, air cooling or water cooling? I did air cooling um, just because the, the the case had a lot of room for fans and yeah. I, I like the way fans look a little better, honestly, unless because like you can get cool custom loops for water, water cooled PCs, but I didn't want that. Um, it takes a lot of, a lot of work and honestly, air cooling is fine. I'm not going to over go overclocking yeah. anything. So there's something in me that's still, and I know this is just like, I don't know, maybe it's a natural response. Like I, I still feel a little like eh about putting water inside my computer. I know the chance of something actually happening is like, no, that's fair. slim to none. But well, I don't think it's water. I think I think it's it's a non-conductive. Liquid. Oh, okay. Yeah, like well, mineral, still... mineral oil or something. Uh, it, yeah, it's technically liquid cooled, not water cooled. Yeah. You know, you know what these computers need though, right? A vapor chamber. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that word. Um... I have um, nine case fans in mine though, and they're they're all oh, RGBs, boy. and it looks pretty sweet. And then my yeah. my um. My processor came with an RGB cooler on it, and it looks pretty sweet. And my graphics card is RGB. It's like everything in this, everything is RGB. Yeah. Even the even the RAM lights up RGB. So that's everything. It looks pretty cool. But um, yeah, I've been playing uh, the Elder Scrolls Online with my buddy, and we've been nice. playing that pretty hard. And here's the thing, dude. And this, I don't, I don't think this is controversial for people who have played it. But ESO currently best Elder Scrolls game that's ever come out. Yeah, I've I've heard super good things about it. It's really funny because Bethesda's been shown up so much as a developer um in the last decade i mean when you look when you look at the open world games that have come out horizon and the witcher that gives you like these giant uh choice trees and stuff like that and then you like look at skyrim and fallout 4 and you're just kind of like ooh, these aren't that good and then like of course zenimax made eso and eso stumbled a bit at first but ever since their expansion started coming out and rolling out Dude, that, this, the game is amazing. It's really, really good. And I think if it was a single player game, we'd be looking at one of the greatest, you know, single player experiences of all time. Um, unfortunately, it's an MMO, and every MMO has to compete with World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen. So it's it's a little rough in that aspect. But it's fun to play with your buddies. So I'm having I'm having a good time with that. I, I remember been. when that game first came out, and you bought it, and I think we talked about it on the podcast or something. But you were like, "This is not good." Um, yeah, it was really I, bad. But I know that I, I mean I've heard nonstop just people praising the the updates they've released. Yep. And it's it's been a pretty pretty neat turnaround. I know it hasn't really picked up like numbers compared to to Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft, which you know kind of sucks. But um, it's still awesome that they're still supporting it. Um, yep. Nevertheless. And now we get to wait uh, a decade for the next Elder Scrolls game, so I'm really excited yep. about that. I- so it sounds like the developers like love their product. Like they put their heart and soul. If they went from where it was average at best to where it's yeah. a quality product, that those are the type of games you want to get into that you know that over time it's just going to get better. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about Zenimax, but they never gave up on the Elder Scrolls Online, and I really, I really respect that. Uh, now, whether that was because they couldn't, because they were pressured by Bethesda, yeah. or wh- whatever the situation was, they really they really turned ESO into a great game, much like Final Fantasy XIV, although Final Fantasy XIV was a much more drastic turnaround. Um, but I'll tell you what, guys, I, I watched this video, um, my days are blending together, I think it was either this morning or last night, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was called The Engoodening of No Man's Sky completely uh, completely changed my opinion of hello games and and how because yeah they screwed up 
Yeah. But if, if you guys have like an hour, maybe you're eating dinner, you want to watch TV, I really, really highly recommend you watch the video called The Engooding of, of No Man's Sky. Um, it's a really in-depth analysis of what happened with that game and apparently how they turned it around. And I'll, I'll be honest, I came out of that video being like, I really, really respect Sean Murray. Much like I really respect the developers of Final Fantasy XIV. Interesting. Well, they got a new game coming out too. Yeah. But, dude, like these guys figured out what their problem was and attached and attacked the problem with such a well, really Sean Murray attacked the problem with such precision and tactical finesse that I was like, oh my god, like he really took the heat for all this and went like straight at it and and really took everything, fixed the game, and now the game's awesome, apparently. I don't know. I, I've been wanting to play it. Maybe so I'll play I. it on PC with my, my, my buddies or something like that. But um, it looks it, – that, that is a really, really great gaming story as far as, like, great gaming stories yeah. go. That's, that's up there with Final Fantasy XIV's um, redevelopment. That actually reminds me. Um, I want to watch – there's a, like, an indie movie, like, documentary that was coming out, and I guess it's now out on Amazon to rent called not for resale and it's all about i've heard about that it's all about uh mom and pop video game stores and how everything is changing with games going digital and i've been <laughs> wanting to watch it forever and i just found out today man uh, if it's free or if you have prime it's free to rent i feel like even in 2012 opening a mom and pop video game store would have been a tough sell for me you know, like, I feel mm-hmm. like the writing was on the wall for, for an all-digital future eventually. I don't know. Yeah, my really good friend um, in Dallas owns a store. And, I mean, he still gets business, but he had to he had to do different things. Like, he has now he has one of the biggest Smash communities in mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. So he does that. And he has, like, I don't know, maybe about 8 to 10 um switches set up so he has tournaments like two three times a week and that's what you got to do man you got to make people yep. want to come to your store because if, if they people enjoy coming to your store and enjoy the experience of coming to your store and buying a video game they'll keep coming instead of buying a yep. digital and that's what the uh video game mom and pop shop that i i used to work at didn't understand he didn't he didn't he didn't get that it has to be an experience coming to the video game store and talking to people and having a good time yeah. He just he just wanted it to be a dry social interaction. He wasn't buying new games, right? So what would happen is people would come looking for the new game of the week, whatever whatever it was, and then we wouldn't have it because he wasn't buying any more new games. And they would go to GameStop. I mean, if people yep. if if people don't come or if people come enough and you don't have what they're looking for, they're going to stop coming. And that's where, and that that's where he had, his whole business pretty much collapsed after after I left. I mean, like it, it was I mean like a slow collapse. I'm not saying I was the reason. But like later on, like he was getting like a hundred, two hundred dollars days in sales, and that wasn't enough. Whew. I was just gonna say, I think that's like as far as the social aspect that you guys yeah. kind of talked about for a second there. I think that's kind of how like card shops are kind yeah. of still alive, is because yep. you can buy cards anywhere, but you can't like find a place to go have a, a match with anyone. And you can't you know, find it, enthusiasts at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, and, and I feel like. That should be the same thing with games, and so I think the the place that Coach just brought up, I I wish that was more widespread. Yeah, I do too. I think you I think you can have a really prolific like store for nerds, and that there there's a place for that for cards and video yep. games and and anime comics comics, but no one has really capitalized on it in the proper way yep. yet. And I wish I I wish I had the, the capital to do it because I think I could. The other nice thing is you know like a card shop packs of cards are three to five bucks a pack depending on what it is and you yeah. have people to come in and be like oh we're gonna play we're gonna play some games or oh there's a tournament then what do you do in between matches walk around look at stuff you know what yeah, i'm yeah. gonna buy a pack of cards exactly and that's that's one thing that helps place like that video game stores are a little harder but at the same time if you get people to come in oh there's a smash tournament oh well i've got 15 minutes till my match is up i'll look around the store a bit just right to kill time then oh they have this here i think i'll grab this while i'm here Dude, the, the the crossover of people that watch anime, read comics, play cards, and play video games is so massive, and and so like like the, the crossover is so massive that you can put all that there. Everyone would come and they would check out everything. It's like mm-hmm. it's really really something that I, I think people need. So someone needs to capitalize on, it. and I'm sure something's gonna happen when GameStop goes under because so there are people there's there's gonna be a void that's gonna want to fill. 
but that that that's a, that's a business idea, man. That's how you do that. Yeah. Well, that's why conventions are so good. Yeah. yeah. Because you get everybody in there. You get the cosplayers, and uh, yeah, you, know, you do. <laughs> you sure do, Coach. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, I know it's been a freaking long time since we were talking about this, but as far as games we've been playing, I guess I still haven't gone. Um, but I actually haven't been playing that much Animal Crossing this week, surprisingly. Thank uh, God. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. Um, did get back into some Splatoon a little bit because there was a free trial, so Andy and I were, were playing some of that. But what? really jumped into Persona 5 this week uh, now, that I've, now that I've had more time. And I think I'm about 30 hours in now um i'm after the second dungeon i'm about to start the third dungeon oh that's the one i don't the, like it's the yakuza guy um where you get makoto but oh never um, mind never mind it's one after that i don't like yeah i uh i was just gonna say because i you know i had talked about it a little bit before but i am finally getting into stuff where the game actually now feels drastically different like there's new stuff coming in um oh, there, oh yeah there's so far i have three brand new uh, confidants, new social links that were not in the original game. Interesting. Um, and and one actually one of them is Akechi, who I'm not going to say anything story wise, but if you know who Akechi is, uh, the detective guy in the original game, it basically forced you to have his social link, but now you actually go do it yourself. Um, and it, it's a lot different. There's a lot of new story stuff with him. Um, that's really cool. There's like this new like school psychologist guy. Um, and I, I know somehow he plays into getting into the new like semester at the end of the game. So I've really been focusing on his, uh, social link a lot, but there's some stuff going on with like the, the things he's talking about. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to like affect like the metaverse and like everything happening. Cause it seems to be like, I don't know, there's just stuff going on there, but, um, it's finally getting me to the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm like getting into the area where I'm really curious about what's going to happen next, even though I've already played and beaten the, the original game. So uh, that, and then I quickly wanted to touch on uh, Stadia, which I did play oh, a yeah. little bit of finally. Um, I didn't have a chance to play on, on my phone, but I did play some on my PC just because uh, I was telling Elijah earlier, I, I wanted to do that just because my PC is wired in and has the best connection really that I could get. So I just wanted to try a little bit and I played keyboard and mouse, but I played uh, some of Destiny 2 and I played some of PUBG finally. PUBG, pretty good. PUBG yeah. worked pretty well. Um, played fine with keyboard and mouse. I think there was a little bit of, of resolution issues maybe on my end when I played it. It seemed a little blurry, but um, it was very fluid. However, I don't know if this is just the game or, or what happened, but destiny 2 was rough on stadia like really bad um i don't i have a feeling that that game is the console version of that game that they are running because when i was playing with mouse and keyboard like you could feel you could essentially feel like the dpi of like your mouse moving in the in the screen like there was no smoothing at all um i would like move my mouse and it would basically like click as it moved essentially on screen if you kind of understand what I'm talking about like the mm -hmm. the reticle would not it, it just wasn't smooth at all it was kind of like clicking like you could see the point where the reticle was moving um based off like your your mouse's refresh rate uh essentially but it was bad it was super blurry I had tons of of network issues I'm not really sure what happened there but I just wanted to talk about that briefly because I know I had brought up trying it uh, a few weeks back but like I said PUBG was okay but I don't know that I would ever purchase <laughs> any stadia games just based off the fact no. that destiny ran like garbage on mine um no and like i said i have you know very fast internet connection why yeah. was my game lagging at like 130 megabits over the recommended yeah i mean my i have like 230 megabits down so like i have really good internet and it was like i said PUBG was fine for some reason destiny was all over the place though like i I know they said it's supposed to be like playing on a PC at max settings, but I felt like I was playing on a PC at like the lowest settings possible. Mm. Like it just did not look good. It, it looked like it was running on like 480p. Um, it just it was rough. But anyway, uh, so with that aside, now that we finally finished weekly games about 30 minutes into the show, um, let's talk about some news a little bit. So, Coach, why don't you tell us about 
the new Star Wars stuff that you have on the rundown. All right. So after two years, um, Battlefront 2 is done with its updates. So we all know that it started um, on this release date. There was a lot of controversy with all the loot boxes and stuff like that. And the online part, it was okay. It was almost, it was, I wouldn't say it was bare bones, but over the years, over the last two years, um, the developers put a lot of, a lot of, uh, there's a lot to it now. So this is over on Battlefront 2. This is on the, um, over at EA.com. And it says, after two years of free content, the vision for Star Wars Battlefront 2 is now complete. Um, for more than two years, the team has developed or deployed 25 free content updates that have shaped and expanded Star Wars Battlefront 2 into something truly special for Star Wars fans. We introduce game-changing heroes, fan-favorite reinforcements, exotic planets, and epic new ways to play across all three cinematic eras. We've also shared in your excitement along the way. As developers, it's incredibly fulfilling to see players of all kinds living out their Star Wars fantasies in our game. So, believe it or not, Battlefront is in a similar situation as it was back in the day, back in the early 2000s. Because EA has three more years on their uh, contract with... uh, with LucasArts. Mm-hmm. And if it's not renewed, Battlefront 3 may not come out for a very long time or whoever gets it may want to, you know, reboot it. So there's just three years left. They're working on, I think, Battlefield, what is it, six? Uh, is it six at this point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're jumping into that. So the developers have wash their hands of battlefront two they're going to be doing that and then i do think uh the sequel to jedi fallen order is gonna come out at some point before the uh, the deal is over but it's interesting to see what's going to happen with battlefront two i think it's very interesting i think um you know we were talking about the turnaround a turnaround that no man's sky had earlier and you know while i don't think Battlefront 2 has really seen an increase of players at all. Um, EA has still been supporting it for a really long time. And and everyone I have talked to that was not a fan of Battlefront 2 at the launch, um, at launch has essentially told me that, yeah, that Battlefront 2 is like freaking awesome now. And it's actually like one of the best Star Wars games to... I I really would like to go back and play it again. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm going to say this, and I think you can take it right to the freaking bank. That, yeah. that exclusivity deal with EA is going to be shattered when that when the timer runs out. Oh, for sure. Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope I don't, so. I don't see Disney making the decision. I mean, they've made one critically successful game. I will take that to the bank. I think that deal is going to get extended. Oh. <laughs> How well, much I bank guess, can we talk? <laughs> I guess you're going to take it right to the bank then, aren't you, Elijah? Perhaps <laughs> your car will crash on the way there. Hmm. Oh, my God. I, okay. I, uh... Um, Yikes! I got nothing. I got nothing now. I uh, no. I've really been wanting to jump back into this game. Actually, um, me too. I I still think the gameplay. Like I played it at launch. I got it at launch. I think the gameplay was great. Yeah. Um. I actually. I know it was kind of short, but I enjoyed the story mode. Um. It had a lot of good stuff in it, and I know that you know it was just just demolished at launch by fans because of the whole loot crate situation, and rightfully so. Um. But and I the think the story been, was terrible. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought the campaign was fun, but it wasn't like you know impressive to uh, by any means. But um, I just think it's it's cool. Like, I mean, they've added in like the clone commandos, they've added in Grievous, they've added in like Count Dooku, they've added a lot of prequel stuff actually. Um, Droidicas they finally added in, which was pretty awesome. Um, they've done a lot with the game, and and they added in like a brand new co op mode too, supposedly. Um, just just a lot of cool stuff. So I definitely want to jump back in at some point, I think. I will say the book prequel was mm. fantastic and got me hyped for the campaign in the game, which was a letdown. But the book is fantastic. It's called Inferno. Did you read it all? Yeah. It's called Inferno yeah. Squad. I I loved it. Hey, how was the last season of Clone Wars? I haven't watched it yet. 
Oh my god. Is it good? Bro, is it good? I heard it. I heard oh, it's dude. Yes. This and this last episode was like it just rips your heart out to see. I mean, like Dave Filoni really made this a tragedy, you know? I mean, we all knew it was a tragedy of Anakin Skywalker, but through Star Wars Rebels, through the Clone Wars, Filoni single-handedly made the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker so much more deeper and intense. And and they elevated Ahsoka to heights that are just she oh, turned yeah, out dude. to be her and Ezra, my favorite you know, Jedi now. Well, and, and I'm not gonna spoil how, but and you might wanna bleep this, Austin. I'm giving you a heads up. <laughs> okay. But um Mace Windu is the biggest ever. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think we already knew that. But when you watch it, you're like, what an a-hole, man. What a serious a-hole. And he, his, his, not necessarily stubbornness, but cockiness is one of the downfalls of, of the Jedi. Oh, interesting. Can't I can't wait to see it. Because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, man. That was the best part of Fallen Order for me was... Okay, don't say anything because I haven't played it yet. What? I haven't played it yet either, and that's like next on my list. Are you guys kidding me? Yeah. Coach, Coach, you're the biggest Star Wars fan here. I know, dude. I know. (laughs) That game was amazing. And you you love Metroidvanias too. I know, time. You're stuck at home. Yeah, I'm stuck at home working, though. Oh, my God. Pretend you're working. Play Fallen Order, man. (laughs) It's on sale everywhere right now, too. Yeah, it is. So I I, uh, did the update today, and then I got it on PC because I want to play it on both. So don't worry. I I will – this time next month, I'll have it beat, okay? Awesome. Uh, Okay. Okay? Austin, you set set an alarm in the the Slack for – Six five. I want to know. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Remember uh, when Coach said he was going to play? Uh... Stop! Stop <laughs> right there. I was deployed. Okay. Uh-huh. Stop. There's always some excuse, isn't there, Coach? <laughs> what was he going to play? What was Knights of the Old play? Republic? Yeah, there Knights we of the go. Old Republic. The best there Star Wars game. Okay, so then I okay, <laughs> I went back and I'm like, it's I don't know. I just don't see what you see in it, Seth. What, it's, the old hey Republic. man, it's not what I see. It's what like everyone sees. That game is I amazing. Know. I know. I know. Well, you got to get past the first plant though. See, Taurus is Taurus is a rough opening. I, I will admit that. But once you get past Taurus, it's game on, dude. It's the best Star Wars story ever told. Better than uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, it's definitely next on my list. Like I, I have to play that game. Um, it's just I need to get through Persona first. So, but. But you know what I love about um, what Filoni did was he introduced, I know they did it in the comics, but he introduced the Inquisitors and they really fit into the story overall of the Jedi Purge. Hmm. They did until the yeah. helicopter lightsabers. I wasn't okay with that. No? No, I wasn't okay with the helicopter lightsabers. It's funny how the last three big screen Star Wars movies didn't really feel like Star Wars, but yet Mandalorian and uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, it's all story, man. See, I liked Rise of Skywalker. I thought Rise of Skywalker was okay. <sighs> I hated Last I like Jedi. It. I hated it. I like Last Jedi more than I did before. I think Rise of Skywalker was fine. See, the, the, the problem with The Last Jedi is it ruins the laws set in place by the other Star Wars movies. Yes. That, but they purposely went out to break that. That's what frustrates yeah. me. Is they purposely went out and just, like, made Luke Skywalker nothing. Well, And, and that's not how it's supposed there's, to be. There's bigger problems with, that, with The Last Jedi, though, like the kamikaze starship thing. Why was that? Ne- like, 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 once that happens, you have to ask yourself, why was that never a thing before? Why are they yeah. making drones with hyperdrives and slamming them into like the Death Star and whatnot like that? So like like by doing that, they, he pretty much breaks the entire Star Wars mythos. It sh- like shatters it by, by doing stuff like that. I, I, I hated the last Jedi so much, dude. And of course the Luke Skywalker thing, but and, but see the thing was is that when when you said that originally, you were getting attacked online by people calling you bigot and whatnot. I'm like, oh hey, listen, I don't hate. 
any of the characters. I mean, I hate the story he went. Like, I don't understand what the problem is here. You know, I just don't think, this is a personal opinion, I don't think Star Wars on the big screen will ever be what Lucas did, where it was all about story. This wasn't about story. You know, I love Rey, the person who played her, but starting a video game at level 100, no, I don't think so, man. They never really explained it either. Um, They tried to in The Rise of Skywalker a little bit, but it never really made any sense. Um, But one thing I did think was really cool, did you know that those scenes with um, Rey and Leia in Rise of Skywalker were shot in The Force Awakens? Yep. Yes. Yeah, and they 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 used them, included them. Now, see, here's the here's the crazy thing too, though, is if those scenes had been in the Force Awakens, people wouldn't have had as much of a problem because they were like, oh, yeah. Leia's training right, and that's how she starts learning these powers. Yeah. But instead, they cut them out, and we were just like, oh, Ray just learned, taught herself. It didn't make any sense, man. It, the, the the way those movies were shot didn't make any sense. But I was glad they they added in a little bit of training for Ray. Um, but I actually really like Ray. I, I like. Rise of Skywalker quite a bit. My biggest problem with the sequel trilogy is they cut out all the aliens. Where's like all the Twi'leks and stuff? Like, yeah, you know, so what happened weird. to all of them? They're, they're, not uh, just not just that, but I feel like for me, I you know, I think Force Awakens overall, as far as quality goes, is the best one. Yeah, just I agree. as far as consistency. Yeah. Uh, but like the other two, I just feel like they don't really fit like the tone of Star Wars to me at all. Like they just don't really feel like Star Wars movies to me. I mean, there are parts of, of the last one that did, but certainly not Last Jedi. I feel like that's just like nah, a... The Last Jedi is like a cursed movie. And see, I yeah. actually I actually feel bad for JJ because I think for what he had, he had two hours to fix The Last Jedi. He had to, yep. fit, he had to fit two movies in The Rise of Skywalker. And I think for what he had, he did a great job because I think he, he the, the movie was very fast-paced. It was very rushed. Yep. But he had to fit an entire trilogy story into, into that. Yeah. yeah. But that's when you have to sit back and say, look, in order for us to really make this something special, we need to do two movies like yeah. in Harry Potter. Pull, pull a Final Fantasy. Final I don't Fantasy think. 13, Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure that was on the table, making it like three hours or making it two movies. But I, I, for, I, I can't imagine Disney would want to do that. I mean, Star Wars is all about trilogies. I have a feeling they just wanted to get it done. Yeah, I think too. based off of everything that's that's come from that situation, as far as so many Star Wars movies being canceled and and everything after Last Jedi, I think it was just like, okay, we have to get this out, and that's it. Like, we need to take a break. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the right move in the end. I, I, I agree. I thought Rise was actually, I, I think Rise is great. I think Rise is great. I think it has a lot of pacing issues, but I still really like it. Um, but, like, but like I said, the pacing issues have to come from the fact that he had to fit so much story in. I mean, yeah. he, had to, he had to fit the whole Palpatine story in one movie. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was the problem. And I think he wanted, I think he really wanted that Palpatine story from the beginning. Um, but Ryan Johnson, dude, Ryan Johnson's a prick. I don't care. That guy sucks. And, you know, he's never accepted the criticism. He's never taken it well. He's always deflected it. And it's like, dude, you know what? Like, you really, you really screwed the pooch. And you gotta admit that. At some point, yeah. you just gotta be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a jerk. Hate so, that. speaking of uh, development problems, <laughs> hey. um, Doom Eternal soundtrack is kind of a disaster. Why? Um, so, Mick Gordon, who is the composer for for Doom, the last one, and Doom Eternal. He made some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, music for for Doom 2016. He also did the soundtracks, I want to say, for the uh, three most recent Wolfenstein games, um, among others. So, um, But certainly Doom 2016 is known for having... I mean, it's honestly my favorite game soundtrack of all time, like easily. Um, but some stuff happened a few months ago um, essentially, when Doom Eternal came out, I guess it was when the heck did that game come out? March. Um, it was supposed to. The collector's editions were supposed to include a sound the the soundtrack of the game with it, um, and they launched. And it was like, hey, we have to delay the soundtrack, which was odd. First off, because I mean the game was out and the soundtrack yeah. like had to be delayed, so it was already like kind of strange from the get go, but. Um, some stuff came out and eventually the soundtrack came out probably about a month ago now, three weeks ago, maybe. Um, and people went through it and noticed that Mitt Gordon, who, like I said, is the composer, he had only mixed like nine songs on this 50 odd song track list. Um, 
And people were putting these songs into like Audacity, like audition sort of programs where you can look at the waveforms of the songs. And the songs that Mick had mastered were very dynamic. Like you could see that the the waveforms were kind of all over the place and had a lot of range to them. Whereas these other songs that were mixed by someone internally at id were basically hard limited is, is what the word is, um, if you know audio stuff. But um, it just looks like it's cut off. Like there's no uh, dynamic range at all to the audio. It just looks like essentially if you're looking at a waveform, it just looks like a block instead of like an actual, you know, dynamic waveform, if that makes yeah. any sense. And I encourage you guys to go look up this stuff afterwards if you're you're more curious, because there's a lot to this story and I'm not going to go through all of it. But the short version is when all this came out, people started tweeting at Mick Gordon and they were like, hey, look, like what happened to these songs? Because they don't sound good because they don't have range. They sound just really choppy and like um, they have like weird time signature changes and stuff like that. And Mick like responded to somebody and he basically said, like, I would never master a song that way. Um, and uh, some other stuff came out and somebody else messaged him and he responded something to the effect of um, he would never work with Bethesda again after Doom Eternal. Yeah. Um, and so that was a couple months ago now and and or I guess a month ago whenever the soundtrack came out and it was just a very interesting situation because everyone was like okay so what the heck happened here um anyways as of I think it was yesterday at the time of recording the executive producer of Doom Eternal Marty Stratton um made a huge post on Reddit that was essentially like hey um the attacks that that Mick Gordon is basically sending towards our internal audio um, person are are just ridiculous. And the fact that Mick originally was given 12 songs on the soundtrack to master, he only ended up doing nine um, because they needed to hit a deadline with the soundtrack. And Mick like kept asking for like months and months and months of like extensions for the soundtrack. And he was um, given a six week extension. Yeah. And he was given like a lot of time. And so basically, uh, the plan was for Mick to master some of the songs on the soundtrack and this other guy to do the rest internally at id. Um, but basically this all came out. And so, uh, the short story is essentially, like I said, Mick, the reason this didn't work was because he needed like a ton of extensions for some reason and couldn't hit this deadline for the soundtrack that he had known about for, you know, who knows how long at this point. Um, and the reason those those tracks were oddly mixed on the soundtrack was because Mick had only given the development team the tracks that were kind of leveled off and meant to be in the game itself and not on the soundtrack. So that's all they had to work with. Um, but Marty came out and was like, "Hey, yeah, we're you know we're not working with with Mick moving forward on." on the DLC, especially for yeah. eternal. They're not, they're not using him on the DLCs, not, not just the next doom game, but like the immediate content um, they're not using Mick Gordon on. So um, I'm, there's a, there's a lot more to the story and um, I don't know if I've done a good job at explaining it or not, but essentially he just didn't, he didn't get the, the soundtrack done in time. And like it had to make do with what they had. And this guy was basically, um, kind of attacking like the guy internally at id for for doing what he apparently just didn't have the time to do so it was all just kind of a disaster but interesting I didn't, um, this story flew completely under my radar i didn't hear anything about this yeah it was a it was a really interesting situation like i said it's to me as a fan of his music it's very disappointing yeah um, yeah it, it's kind of one of those things where it's hard to differentiate the art with the artist it's yeah. like his music is super good but he's a kind of a jerk. Yeah. So um, this whole situation was just kind of a, a mess and it's, it's sad to to see it happen. Cause like I said, doom 2016, honestly, my favorite game soundtrack of all time and um, would have loved to have seen him do more doom, but yeah, certainly just kind of an inside look at kind of the, the mess that can happen behind closed doors, I suppose. Interesting. Hmm. So, Anyways, um, I don't know if we have any other new stuff unless you guys had any other things you wanted to talk about. Uh, no, did we really. want to just quick uh, hit on the note that it has pretty much 
come out that it was not a developer from Naughty Dog that leaked the Last of Us Two stuff? I call BS. I don't. I don't believe yep. that at all. Yep, 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 yep. No, I agree with Seth. Normally, yeah, I would call BS, but since I've seen outside sources that don't ha- that aren't Sony saying, nope, totally wasn't one of ours. I've seen outside I, I just, sources I, saying, I like, just, yeah, we've heard confirmation, and I just think it's I, I just think it's PR bull and. I don't believe that for one second that whoever that was had deep, intricate knowledge and were cutscenes. like who, who else has that? No one, no one, no one has that unless it's some, I, and they, like would a QA tester be able to sneak in video game recording software into Naughty Dog? I don't believe so. I think it was a developer. I think it was disgruntled and I think they don't want that PR story getting out. And that's what they, that's the story they came up with. I don't believe it for one second. So you're saying nobody could hack onto your computer and take pictures and videos off of it? Hey, man! <laughs> hey, my computer's a lot different a, than Sony. <laughs> like, first off, no, no one could hack into my computer just randomly take pictures <laughs> of it unless they did a physical hack and knew my passwords. But my computer is definitely, definitely not Naughty Dog servers. All right, like there is no chance that you're hacking yeah. into Naughty Dog. Not a so chance. I, there's a lot of interesting reports here because I know the the big one I saw immediately after all this happened was Jason Schreier came out and was like, hey, I have sources that are saying that somebody used an old Naughty Dog game to get into Naughty Dog's yep. servers. And I was like, I don't know how that would work. No, I dude, mean, not I, a chance. I know. I, I know. don't know hacking stuff. Enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I don't know it enough to be like, I don't know how th- if this would work. I also don't know it enough to be like, this wouldn't work. So. Yeah, that's the thing for me is like at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, it was an employee or not. I don't really know. But I what I will say is I don't know how someone could just use like an old naughty dog game to get into their servers. I just that doesn't make any sense to me. I like to say so, somebody um, used way of the samurai to get in there. The old <laughs> so naughty dog game. From here's Fugio. here's the thing. <laughs> like, first off, like I said, I think this is a giant PR thing because Sony doesn't want a bad press about naughty dog to get out again before the game comes out that's that's the first thing the second thing is to, in order to get hacked there's not really any hard way to hack into someone's computers anymore like it, it doesn't really exist i'm sure it does on, on some super super high level but think about it like the government asked apple to open their 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 devices up because they yeah. couldn't break into them that's how like how hard it is to hack into things nowadays with 128 bit encryptions. It's almost impossible. In order to get hacked, you really have to make a mistake. Like you leave your firewalls down on your routers, um, and you allow yourself to use like th- the, like like really common passwords that anyone could help able to guess. Like even like people like really misunderstand how complicated passwords are to guess. If you have like the password password two. It's still pretty hard to guess. Like, like you, like a lot of times, what hackers will do is they'll run um, a, a program to try and it's called a brute force hack, and they'll just run through a whole bunch of uh, it'll run through a whole bunch of like common passwords. That's why nowadays, when you put too many wrong passwords in, it locks your account. So, like, they're yeah. like, 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 dude, I'm telling you, it's really, really, really hard to just straight up hack into someone's uh, computer without knowing any information about them. And I don't see that happening at Naughty Dog. And I don't think that that's what happened. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't really know. Um, what I do know is supposedly um, Sony knows who it is. Um, that's that's the only thing I think that has really been confirmed is that yeah. they, they know who did it. And I don't think that information will ever come out realistically. Nope. 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 Um, but they know who did it. And, you know, whatever happens from there is on them. But I just... Oh, they're uh, going to get sued into oblivion. It's oh, yeah. Out. I mean, yeah. They'll get demolished. Yeah. But uh, I just thought it was. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Elijah. I forgot that was on there. I thought I thought it was just pertinent to include that, you know, whether you believe it or not, that that's the other side of the story that's now brewing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the trailer, the trailer for Assassin's Creed came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we want to touch on that quick, Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. Valhalla was announced uh after last show i haven't watched it yet i haven't watched it yet because i feel like i know what i'm gonna what what i'm gonna get with assassin's creed valhalla i'm gonna get assassin's creed odyssey but in the viking age so you know i haven't (laughs) so it's the developers that did black flag and origins yeah i mean 
Oh, I think I actually think those two aren't that great. I, I didn't like Black Flag or Origins, but I loved Odyssey. And Odyssey's like Origins and Odyssey is like their new Assassin's Creed going right. forward. And they're they're they're, both, they're all right. They're all pretty much star PGs, but um, it sounds cool. I know I'm already in. I'm going to try it eventually. So, and you know, uh, leave it up to Ubisoft. They're good at like getting you hyped up and then yeah. pulling the rug out from underneath <laughs> you, i.e., Assassin's Creed Three. But because um, all their trailers. They were amazing for Assassin's Creed 3, right? We were all hyped. It was American Revolution. And then, uh, yeah. So, but I don't know. It looked good, you know? And I'm wondering if the main character is going to be related to, um, what was his name? Uh, who's the one in um, Black Flag? Edward he was, yeah, Edward. I wonder if he's re- related because well, no, he's, they have. They already had Edward's. Um, his dad. Yeah, they they have the they have the genealogy. Yeah. So the grandson, of course, is in three. The dad is in well at the beginning of three, um, and then uh, Black Flag, I guess, was about the grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Black Flag was so good. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious. I haven't really played Assassin's Creed seriously since three came out. I played a little bit of four and then some of Unity and Syndicate, but that was really the last stuff I played. I will say watching this trailer made me super excited. Um, and like Coach said, though, I know Ubisoft has a tendency to show awesome trailers and then the game sucks. So I will say um, they made the mistake of showing me that collector's edition. And now I want it. <laughs> but that collector's edition's ugly. I love it. I think oh, it's God. so the, nice. The, no. What's that? What's in it, Elijah? Um, let me find the full list. It comes with the ultimate edition, a five centimeter male. Uh, I'm gonna say it's pronounced Avor Viking statuette, premium certificate of authenticity, selected game soundtrack, exclusive steelbook, thirty centimeter female Ivor figurine, set of three lithographs, and the season well, the in-game DLC. I think the only Assassin's Creed season or season pass collector's edition I only I ever got was uh, the Brotherhood one that had like the Jack in the oh, Box. Jack in the Box. I have thing. that right. Yeah. There, there it is. Yeah. Um, All right. I don't so know. I just looked this up, by the way. Yeah. Edward is a direct descendant of the Ezio family tree. Wait, the, the really? Altair family tree. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought so, but I wasn't 100% sure. I thought so, too. I thought they said it in Assassin's Creed 4, but I wasn't positive. Wait, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it like Desmond's blood or something? Like it was only people that were related to him that and I know Desmond isn't a thing anymore, no. but didn't they like use his blood? No, wasn't because there, there was other subjects, remember? Okay, I couldn't remember. I know I know it had something to do with that at the start, but I wasn't sure yeah. if that continued or not. So. so is there a modern day story anymore or is it just... There is, but it sucks. It's, yeah, I at least what I played as Syndicate... It's like five minutes every 10 hours. Like, it's really yeah. not much at sucks. all. They ruined it. Um, yeah. Which sucks because honestly, the reason I, I, you know, not that I didn't love the historical stuff, but I, the present day stuff in, you know, Assassin's Creed 1 through 3 was what kind of kept me going because I was like yep. really in, invested in, in Desmond's story and like everything happening. Yep. Same here. So they could have easily brought in another character and started a new story, you know? Oh, he did. Oh, there's another person? Yeah. And which one? Um, Origins and Odyssey. Oh, okay. But this, like, like, like I said, it's like, like Austin said, it's like five minutes every 10 hours. So there's there's really no plot there. I mean, it's nothing. You're just, it's, it's there to explain that you're using the Animus still. Hmm. Well, don't, like, remember me. Don't worry. It can't get any worse than the movie. True. Still I haven't seen that movie. It. Was just thinking about it. See, Don't want to watch it. Here's the I problem. To watch it. No, I would go watch it. It's not. I mean, here's like, the problem. <laughs> I was entertained for a little the, bit. If it's free, watch the it. movie isn't yeah. bad enough to be fun. It was just boring. Mm. Like I want to fall asleep almost X-Men every time Dark I try Phoenix. watching it. 
I thought Dark Phoenix was a much better movie than Assassin's Creed. Oh, see, I was laughing at Dark Phoenix because of how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, like, don't get me wrong. Disgusting. It was, it was bad, but it was so much, I should say, it was so much more enjoyable than Assassin's Creed because yeah. it was. I bad. enjoyed it better than the stupid Resident Evil movies. Let's put it that way. Sir. I just want to say before we wrap up the show and while we're on this topic, the Sonic movie, pretty dang good. Yeah, That's it really is. It wasn't good. bad, was it? It, really it was is. actually good. I can't wait to see it again on. Gotta go fast. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it was actually legitimately, I thought, a good movie. Um, yeah. It was definitely family oriented, so going into that with that kind of mindset, but it was it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that movie. So yeah. So now we got some more uh, Sonic and Mario competition because someday the new the Mario movie is going to come out. So who knows? Now, did you guys watch uh, what was the Pikachu movie? Detective um, Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. Did you guys watch yeah, that? That was, I haven't watched that was really it. good. Still have so which is better, movie. Sonic or Detective? I've actually seen this debate quite often, and I mostly see people choose Sonic. Um, hmm. I think I enjoyed Detective Pikachu more. I think Sonic was a better movie. I need to watch it. It actually, it uh, Detective Pikachu, I haven't seen it. Um, it came out, I think, when we were in Japan last year, but there was like no way to watch it in English there. So I was like, Oh, okay. So, um, but I need to, I need to watch it. Cause I've heard really good things. Did you guys watch the new um, Pixar movie onward? Nope. Awesome. Have not, have not, but yeah. And, it, and it's on, it's on Disney plus. Yeah. I was going to say, I know it's on there. So definitely want to watch that at some point, but anyway, get a date night with Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's probably enough movie talk on this good old video game podcast. Yeah. It was close. It was close enough though. Most of them were video game related. So um, unless you guys have anything else to talk about, I think we're, we're pretty much done for this week. All right. I got to piss. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's, what Seth, that's what Seth's wanting to talk about. So uh, he can go talk about that in his free time after this show. So, uh, to himself yeah to himself uh don't forget frame skip is available on podbean apple podcast spotify google podcast anywhere else pretty much on the internet uh you're listening to it somehow though so you probably know that uh if you're on a platform where you can leave a review like apple podcasts or you can also actually i realized this the other day you can leave a review on our facebook page so if you want to do that on either platform or whatever you want to do, uh, leave us a review. It, it is helpful. It's it's good having those ratings on there. Um, if you want to send us some questions, unfortunately, we did not have any this week. But if you want to send us some questions, you can do so at frameskippodcast at gmail.com. Or you can do the same on our social media pages. We are at frameskippod on Twitter, facebook.com slash frameskippod. And actually, I did start using our Instagram page uh, just to kind of post when episodes go up and that is also at frameskip pod uh you can follow each of us individually on twitter uh seth is at seth s taylor coach is at 32-bit professor elijah's at loco lizard man and i am at austin j eller so uh i think that's it for this week and um stay tuned for next week uh should be a good show i hope so see you guys then peace